this is Pop Culture Yearbook. On this show, we pick pieces of pop culture that were important to us in a given year. We then discuss memories and dig into those movies, albums, shows, and more. I'm Brad. I'm Pete. And I'm Giff. And we are here to start a new series that Pete has named Spooktacular. I thought of that myself. Well, you know, you know, you said that, Pete, in the last one. I heard that, but I was actually changing the title on my doc tonight from spooky to spooktacular, and it autocorrected to spooktacular. Nice. So you did not invent that word. That's like apparently, Uh, I guess, I I guess in the lexicon. Pete did invent it, and it entered the lexicon that heavily, that quickly. That's right. That's right. I came up with it years and years ago. People listen to our last episode, right? Just like that. Yeah, Webster already contacted Pete to put it in uh, the dictionary. A (laughs) Halloween-themed spooktacular series. Pete, why don't you uh, let us know, because you kind of decided this, so why don't you kick us off? Open the the non-yearbook for this month. Open the non... Is there like a a spooky yearbook, like a spell book or something like that that we could say that we're doing? Like a Harry Potter book of spells. Like a... (laughs) A Ouija board. Let's, Let's open the Ouija board. (laughs) <laughs> let's all put our hands on the ouija board <laughs> that's not a ouija board gifford <laughs> little lower brad a little lower <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so yeah, much for keeping lasted. it clean all uh, right <laughs> well i just thought i'd start out uh the spooktacular edition uh by kind of going around we'd talk about like uh, what our best memories were as adults enjoying Halloween. And so I'll kind of go into it. Um, I guess my first best memory was probably right after I met Jenny. Um, and it was kind of like, I see what I, I see what she's all about here, because you'll remember that we met in October of 1995, uh, for, we, which we discussed ad nauseum in a previous episode. Um, ad nauseum, right. <laughs> But uh, like we met uh, October 19th, so it was right before Halloween. So our first like big party that we went to was a Halloween party and it was in college and there was like this huge fraternity party. It was uh, like a big frat party out at a barn in the middle of nowhere. And it was like well-funded and everything because you would wear your costume and then you'd get on a bus and it was like they hired all these private buses that would bus you out to the out there, and it was like everything that you could drink the whole night. And they had like a live band. I think it was a live band. Um, no, it was not a live band. It was a really good DJ though. Um, and it was like upstairs, downstairs, and they had a full bar and everything. Um, for some of us who are under twenty one, even, but um, uh, but it was it yeah, was just an amazing party. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, hey Pete, can I, I hope- clarify something? Yeah, Jenny, she's not a big fan of Halloween, right? And, and dressing up. Uh, she she enjoys her Halloween a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm she. Kidding. This is what I know. <laughs> I know. But this is where this gets to my point earlier about. Uh, yeah, you really kind of started to get to know Jenny and find out what she's all about. Yes, yeah, she goes nuts every Halloween. Still does. You've never had uh, and to wear any like, so, couple costumes and maybe get made fun of, have you? N- no, never. There, there is raggedy. no, there is no Raggedy Ann picture that exists at all. <laughs> oh and my definitely, God. <laughs> I wish there weren't. 
<laughs> no, no, it's all fun. We uh, we have fun every time that we do it. So that year, though, we weren't dressing up as a couple. Um, I didn't know what she was going up at, going out as, but I went out as as Hannibal Lecter, and so I had like the the mask and everything, and my hair was slicked back, and uh, um, so yeah, it was a it was a really great time. And there's a couple of other college parties like that. Yes, you're right, Brad. We did go as Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. We went one year as like Grease. Because there's another couple that we were good friends with, and they went as like the, the girls went as the pink ladies, we went as the T birds, whatever. And I, I just all those college Halloween parties, every single one was was a blast. So, uh, so I do kind of miss those. Um, and then, and then, yeah, there's a few that you had mentioned, which I'm sure that you'll get into as as our young adulthood uh, parties that we had hosted some, and we. Um, um attended a few others and uh but now it's just i enjoy i really do enjoy going out trick-or-treating with the kids this is a great neighborhood that we're in and taking them out is um is always a lot of fun and there's a few houses that will that are just down the street that will give drinks to the adults every year they'll like pour shots and everything as you're trick-or-treating so it's it's always fun uh but uh he no, can't I do guess anything so. unless he's hammered. So that's that's correct. <laughs> I'm working right on now. it right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> that that explains half our podcast right there. <laughs> if only. Um yes, yes. No, no, I'm good. Uh so with that, let's turn it over to Gifford. So I was trying to remember some of these uh from young adulthood. Uh Brad, I was trying to remember. We had Norgard in town one Halloween. Yeah, that was a Halloween. There's one house on Selby. So it, I, I just remember, like, we we just took some bed sheets and did togas. And yeah, we you went guys to had like togas. A, I was here as Jesse Ventura, which I'll get to. Okay, and we went to like a like a craft store and bought like stuff to make like a crown, like a thorn crown. Yeah, because it was like you, you, you two, me, and Kim. And so Kim was like helping you get these things together and right. figure out what to buy. And... Kind of a last minute deal. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, I don't even remember which house we went to. It was at Hummel and Chris's when they lived on Selby down by um, oh, Snelling what... in St. Paul. God, I've got a horrible memory. Um, mm -hmm. So in college, when I was, uh, at my fraternity, we would do a hog roast in the fall and uh, out at a farm and we kind of go, we'd go and do like a, a hayride. Um, we'd, you know, buy a pig and do uh, the hog roast uh, for a dinner and we would invite alumni. Um, and one year I remember we did, did it with a costume party and I, Courtney and I went, it was a couple's um, costume. We did cowboy and Indian. And which isn't bad because Courtney is in the Leech Lake band, but I was more appropriating the cowboy culture because I'm more of a farmer than a cowboy. So that was a bit of a reach for me. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got what a, a huge bad... reach, a cowboy yeah. for the guy that lived well, on the farm. You know, some people may say <laughs> I go as an Indian, but, you know, she's fine because she's, you know, she's, she's got that blood in her. Um, one of my buddies, um, Downsy, his birthday is in Halloween, and this was just a few years ago for his 40th birthday. He did a um, Halloween party, 
costume party. Um, and I went as Ace Ventura in the tutu. Um, oh, I remember seeing a picture oh, of that. Both dressed yeah. up as people named Ventura. Wow. <laughs> right, exactly. Jesse and Ace recovered the whole family. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, that was the year uh, I went as Robin Ventura, former <laughs> Chicago White Sox. <laughs> yeah, after he got the crap beat out of him by uh, Nolan. That would have been a good That's right. costume. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but at that party, the, my favorite costume uh, was another friend of mine, MB. She came like uh, in like a gold shirt and pants and had like face and our, you know, everything was painted gold. And then she had a shovel that was, she painted, spray painted all gold. So she was a gold digger, which I thought was a, a absolutely oh. hilarious costume. Um, and then, of course. Fun costumes. Yes. Like Sputnik. Uh, right? <laughs> well, and then once you have kids, you know, all the fun of uh, dressing them up, taking them trick-or-treating. I remember... Um, as infants, one of my sons was a duck. It was just the cutest little outfit. Another one was a pumpkin. Uh, of course, we had Captain America for a few years, Spider-Man, Mario, the Nindragos. Um, I liked those, the Mario outfit and the Nindrago outfit because they were bulky. So you could fit them in like a coat underneath because I remember one Halloween, there was like six inches of snow on the ground here in Bemidji and it was very cold. And you want to keep the kid warm while you're going around and, you know, picking up the candy and everything. So, um, yeah, those are a few a few of the memories I had. Well, I, want, I do want to, before oh. before we go into Brad there, I want to, because you sparked a memory the night that Norgard was up. The okay. next morning, because we had been out uh, at these Halloween parties the night before, and the next morning, he stayed at our place. And one of the girls in our group had gone as the devil the night before. Well, on uh, the next morning, we went out for breakfast, and he was riding with me in my car. We're, uh, we're leaving. It was like Baker Square or something. We're coming back. And there was a, and, and I drove a red car, and there was a devil's pitchfork in my back seat still from the night before. <laughs> and so we're, we're just driving back to the apartment, and uh, Norgard see, is in the passenger seat, and he sees a cyclist just riding on the side of the road. He grabs a pitchfork, rolls down the window, holds it out the window, and goes, better ride faster! Big Red is coming to get you! <laughs> oh my god, I remember that story too. <laughs> and that's just one of many stories of Norgard and cars. And right. that is Norgard. Oh god, yeah, we don't, <clears throat> yeah, let's not get too far into Norgard <laughs> Well, cars. there's just a whole many. episode of that. I'm not even referring oh. to just one thing. <clears throat> You're right. Right. All right. Is it my <laughs> yeah, turn then? Yes. yes now now you can go, Brad. That's a good one there, Pete. Thank you. So uh, I am not a huge Halloween guy. Uh, we're going to talk more about our childhood Halloweens uh, at the end of this month because uh, we're going to watch some Halloween specials. But um, as an adult, there were a few times where it got a little more exciting. The thing is, if you can find the right costume where it feels like it's actually worthwhile, then that makes it more fun. And um, the be the be one of the best ones I had in college, we just threw together. So I was living with Hummel, and we didn't have anything to do. We wanted to go to a Halloween party. We actually went to a couple parties, and uh, we just threw our clothes on backwards and went as crisscross. 
And we won it. We won a prize at the at the second party we went to at the dorm. So <laughs> that was a really fun night. Um, and the pictures we have are still fun with that. And then um, probably the best costume that uh, I ever was a part of. Um, my wife dressed up as Towley from South Park, and I was Mr. Garrison. And mm-hmm. Towley, she had two giant blue towels, and we had them on like a yardstick or something that held them up above her head. I don't even remember how exactly we did it. And she had the white sleeves. And she had somehow cut out the eyes and everything. And so there was the one side that was normal and then the high side on the other side with the red eyes. And that was one of the greatest costumes that I've ever seen. And the Mr. Garrison was fine, too, especially because I'm a teacher. But um, she really stole the show that night. She did. And and she'll always have that because she feels really stupid about there was one year, too, where we were all dressed up and, and she remembers dressing up as Harry Potter and she's like, I'm dressed up like a 12-year-old boy, and everybody's got all these other costumes. You know how women usually dress up in, like, their scantily clad costumes on Halloween, but <laughs> she's no, a she big dressed doll. up yeah. like a little Harry Potter. <laughs> she didn't go as slutty Harry oh. Potter? No, not slutty Harry Potter. <laughs> or slutty Towley. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, if only. Uh, Could have went as... Like a hand towel. That would have been what you're looking for. <laughs> Those were two of the, uh, yes. See, these were full-size body towels. <laughs> right, yes. Yes. Um, those were two of the best costumes and nights. But then there was a stretch in the early 2000s where we would get together. And one of them was that party you referenced where Norgar was here. And I had a nice little run going where every year I'd wear a pillow inside my shirt. Because the first year I was Jesse Ventura, he had mm-hmm. been the... Um, the uh, governor for like two years at this point and he had this big thing came out where he wrote this book called i ain't got time to bleed and and i wore a boa and i had like a fake machine gun and i had a bald cap on and i had quotes of his on the back of my shirt and that was a great costume were you hunting man oh yeah if you haven't hunted man you ain't hunted (laughs) and then the next year was when after kirby puckett had died but he or no, he hadn't died yet. He was still alive. No. That was, it was sad. It was just so sad when the stories came out about Kirby Puckett Maybe. and what he was like behind the scenes. And so I guess just to really cope with it, I, I dressed up as Kirby and I had to put a pillow in again because he's a big guy, especially at this time. But this right. time I had a fake toy chainsaw in my hand and I wore oh it. Oh, my God. See, uh, I was. But, you know, it was that was the <laughs> year you were dressed up as, I think. See, you and Jenny went as the angel and the devil, and you dressed up as the angel, of course. See, again, you were always on the wrong side. Hey, 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 you know what? I enjoy it, okay? And then finally, the third year, I had nothing else to dress up as, but I really liked the whole pillow theme, so I just had a pumpkin shirt, put the pumpkin over it, but I had like a a green little beanie hat for the stem, and I put a little (laughs) flashlight inside that turned off and on for the pumpkin, and everybody loved that one, too, so... By the and way, in my much, defense, pretty much ended in, it there. In my defense, I was a slutty angel. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with Brad's pumpkin outfit, as the night went on, that flashlight just went lower and lower into yeah, his right. costume. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the kids, as you guys brought up, um, they are way into it. They always loved Halloween. They're now a little older where we don't go trick-or-treating anymore. If they go, they go without us. But last year, my son had a, like one of his first parties. And it was great. And 
but their little costumes, I just, I even though I'm a big Halloween guy, I loved their costumes. Mm-hmm. Isaac's first one, he was uh, Snoopy. He just had this headband on with little ears, and he and we painted his face. And he, it was, I can still see that picture. It was the cutest thing that I've ever right. seen. So I yeah. think I might post that picture on uh, on the on the with his permission, of course. Because yeah. he's on there now, yeah. So I, I can put it on there and make him see it. I should find the duck and the pumpkin costumes for yeah. my kids' first Halloweens. They were we, just... we should all pick one from our kids and then put it together. Right. Well, and then, you know, we should probably throw... I think if you've got a picture of the Towley and Mr. Garrison... Oh, we got that. And definitely the Raggedy Ann and Andy. We need that one. <laughs> Doesn't exist, that picture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, we'll we'll get on the social media and get that cooking. So everybody go check right. that out. So Halloween's a scary time and Pete wanted to talk about scary movies. So what's your yeah. uh, what's your topic here, Pete? So uh the the movie that I picked was uh actually one of my favorite experiences going to a horror movie, which was uh what year did this movie come out? What 1999 or so? Something like that. Yes. Uh the Blair Witch Project. Uh there's so much buzz around this movie and I was so excited to see it. I remember uh it was at it was playing at the Uptown in Minneapolis. I don't even know if it was at any of the, the regular theaters at the time well, you know it was because it was out for like two weeks but we i saw it the opening night at the uptown but like two weeks later i think it went into like wide release okay it was such a huge sensation right away too i, I know i saw it at the uptown before i'm pretty sure that i saw it before it did go into wide release so it was pretty early in the game i think that the people that i went with were my brother and hummel i think he went in my interesting that so uh but but i remember it being a sellout crowd and uh i mean we weren't able to even all sit together we had to find like three just random seats but you know it's a theater so it didn't matter but um um but i just remember this being now we talked about we've, we've talked in the past about movies that uh that can be effective without spending a lot on special effects or that, you know, that to me is an indicator that it's a really great movie. I mean, especially horror movies or, or action movies, really anything. I really don't care about special effects. I'm not moved by it or, you know, CGI, whatever. It doesn't interest me, but if a movie can get you um, with basically having nothing, no special effects, just the actors and just the, um, you know, what's going on in, in the movie without anything, added on to it then it's a really great movie and i just remember going into the uptown and um um just being absolutely riveted start to finish with this one uh because uh, because it was so real it was like a regular home video these regular kids no famous actors or anything it was so believable and i remember the hype leading up to it a Mm -hmm. lot of people actually thought that this was based on a true story and these kids were really missing and uh and this video was real and i can see you know watching the movie why people thought that um and then and then just kind of how it built up and built up to the climax at the end um it was just absolutely terrifying and i just remember being totally freaked out walking out of that movie now when i watch it the second time this time around it just didn't have the same effect on me. And we Why don't talked we hold in off the... on that until later. Okay. 
All right, I'll shut up. I think that's right. <laughs> Let's focus on that first viewing first. Just okay. my opinion here. No, no, please uh, go ahead. Why don't you guys talk about your first viewing? Let's start with you, Brad, since you're so anxious <laughs> to speak here. Hey, hey, hey. Well, a you lot did of say you before said. we started recording that you're in a bad mood, so I can tell. No, <laughs> a lot of what you said, I'm going to just kind of double down on. But this was so I am not a horror movie guy at all. Never was. Growing up, I never saw any, never saw any Nightmare on Elm Street, none of them. I have now seen three movies that I never thought I'd see in my life because we're going to discuss <laughs> them in the next two weeks. Um, but this one was different. And like you said, it was just this brilliant, you know, story and marketing. And it just got everybody's attention. And, and even though I, like, I knew going in and it wasn't real, like it was, you know, you knew that by then. But you still just, you still had this feeling like, what, what if it is? Or what if... And even when I watch it now, I still get like all the interviews. Like I'm watching the interviews at the beginning mm -hmm. and I'm thinking like, are these all staged? Because some of these really seem like just normal everyday people talking that are not actors and nothing. And so it was just mm -hmm. so well done. But so we went on opening night. It was July 14th of 1999. Me and, and my wife, who I had just actually started dating a few months earlier. And then Dave from this podcast and his wife, Sonia, we were going to go together and I was in charge. So it was a Saturday or no, it was a Friday, but I was working at that job where I um, graded standardized tests, but I could leave early. And I went down to the uptown in the early afternoon and I was in charge of buying the tickets. Like, Oh, I'll just go pick them up after I leave work here. Cause I can work like a half day or something that day. I get down there and I get up to the theater and the line is literally wrapped all the way to the end of the block, around the corner, a complete another block down, past like every store, all the way like off of Hennepin Avenue. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What What is going on? And so I kind of panicked and I'm like, well, I'm not even gonna get these tickets. So I called Dave, this is, but we didn't have cell phones. I had to go into a Lund's uh, grocery store right there by the end of the line. And I called Dave and I'm like, what? What, what do you think I should do? Am I going to wait? This is going to take hours. And I don't even know if I'm going to get a ticket. And he said that he could leave work pretty soon. And he was going to come down and like hang out with me. And so, I thought, okay, that's great. I'll just wait in line. So probably about 10 minutes after I called him, the line starts moving. And the line just moved really fast. And I got, I got the tickets, no problem. Um, but then, you know, there's no cell phone. So I'm like, okay, Dave's on his way. So right across the street, there's a McDonald's. So I went there and sat there for like an hour just waiting for him to show up. <laughs> just let him know, okay, you don't need to come. And um, But we got the tickets. The four of us went down there. We went out to eat before. It was this great night. And then, but we went in. And like you said, Pete, it was just, it was an experience that you cannot replicate, which I've realized watching it again here. It was a one-of-a-kind thing. It was amazing to be in the theater with all the people and the darkness. And then and I was legitimately like freaked out afterwards, walking back to our car. And um, it was just an awesome night. And so just that was my experience with the first one without getting into the real movie yet. But so. Gift. Awesome. Right. I should have went first because my I watched it for the first time on video. I didn't go to it in the theater. Um, and what I. Again, the marketing for it was excellent. It was kind of like viral before there was such a thing as viral. Well, yeah, yeah. it was like the early That's parts well. of the internet. So, yep. 
So, I mean, just the, just the fact that, um, you know, these are, nobody knew any of these actors. They actually used the, their real names as the character names in the movie. So it's them on screen. None of the, none of the people that are like Brad was saying, these, these uh, people that are interviewed at the beginning of the movie, like their only credits are this movie. Most of them, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this, this is the only thing they were in. So you don't recognize anybody on the screen. So you, because you knew, except for the guy that looks just like Dave. Yes, I had that right? written down. You thought that too? Yes. The sound guy? Yeah, Mikey. Yeah. Well, we yeah, we Mikey. we said that at the time, and I kept thinking it again while watching this movie. He looks exactly like Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uncanny. That's part of the uh, experience. I am curious, though, Giff, that because if yeah. you watched it on video, like me and Pete had this experience. So, what did you like? Did you even like it that much, or because like it was such a big difference to watch it? I think amongst all the people. Well, so I'm, I'm glad sure, you have I'm a different sure it experience. Was. But see, I am a I am a bit of a horror movie guy. Yeah, you so are apparently. I enjoyed the the aspect of found footage. It's different than what I had watched before. Um so I enjoyed that portion of it. And like Pete said, you know, the way they build suspense in this is excellent. There there aren't any special effects. The first time you other watched. than other than mm-hmm. the uh the shaky camera, which you know, can make some people sick just watching it. You know, that make that's another level. Yeah, that was a big thing. A lot of people did not like it because of that. They actually got but, sick. But, but that's it, how the video would be if it actually right, happened. Right. It it makes it more real. It makes it you know come to life more and and bring it you know right to you. And I I think that's another great effect um, that the movie possesses. But Brad, when you were talking about the interviews with the people, you know, at the beginning of the movie. One of the freakiest things of this movie, and this is why, again, you, you know it's not real, but in the back of your mind, you're like, is it real? Because yeah. they were interviewing that one woman with the child. This is the best. And when mm-hmm. that little girl, when her mom is talking about the Blair Witch, and this girl just starts fussing. No, 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 like, no. Don't say that. She's like, yeah, swinging at her mom's mouth, like, don't don't talk about it, because if you do, then you know the Blair Witch is going to come. I mean, that was yeah, so yeah. And, and just to, if you haven't, that girl was like two years old. She wasn't like a right. five year old. There's no way she could have been prompted to say no. that, to no, do that. There's no way. There's no that was way. That's my she first note prompted. about the movie right there. You just, you just right. It. Oh, it's it's so freaky. That that was such a wonderful uh, part that was uh, you know accidental and 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 wonderful that that really I think set up the yeah. beginning of the a movie. The other story. one that I thought that made me just question that was the two fishermen out on the river. They just, they did not seem like any of that was scripted or like that. They just seemed like the two most random guys. And that's where I had to look it up again and see. So I get that the story is fake, but is this a real myth in that area that people talked about? But I, it wasn't, it doesn't seem that it was. I actually thought that about the, the uh, the woman at the beginning, you know, she was kind of trailer trash uh that uh that it was the same kind of thing i thought she was extremely believable mm-hmm. in that role so but the same thing well, and those fishermen like you're talking about like they would sit and interrupt each other like oh no that's not yeah. right no, it was so right. natural it was so natural right. yeah and those guys aren't regular actors like they they don't have any other credits 
you look them up, like they're just the fishermen in this movie. It was, yeah, just really, really well done. Because right, I mean, that, I, like you he, said, that's the thing. You could have all this great idea and everything, but if those people can't like pull that off right, it doesn't. It's going to come off fake and dumb, and it's not going to have that effect. But like the policewoman and clerks, the detective <laughs> clerks. Yes, like her. <laughs> well, I'd be interested to know like how much extra footage. That's the kind of thing where you just get as much footage as you can, and then you cut the the parts that work the best. And so, and that's probably what they did with that little girl too. It's just, uh, they, they're mm -hmm. like, this is perfect. You got to leave that in there because the way that she reacts is perfect. I think we might've right. cut you off before you finish though, gift. So like your, your first experience right, on, game, on video, like what you felt and yeah. Well, you're a big like horror said, guy. I'm, I'm going into it at, you know, for a horror movie experience. So like, I, I just wanted to see another genre. Like I, I, I like, you know, as, as we'll discuss this throughout the month um, with the different movies that we watch and we'll have our, you know, favorites and, and things like that. I mean, I'm a, you know, like I like the creatures and the slashers and um, some psychological um, with a little bit more gore. And this one, it's just different. I'd never seen a found footage um, horror movie before. So for me, it was just like, okay, how is it going to do it? Because I knew the budget was super low, <clears throat> and I just wanted to see how it was going to, how they were going to make it work, and how they could actually build that suspense and and draw you in. So I kind of went into it more of as an academic endeavor, I guess, rather than like a entertainment um, experience. Did you enjoy mm -hmm. it? Yes, yes, I did, and. Um, the 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 spinal shot is one of the freakiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, especially that first time. So, right. Well, that oh, whole we the whole house scene, too. everything in that house. I'm sure we'll get to it. But that yeah, the final shot is it's scarred in your mind when you see yeah. it. It got right me this time. I had goosebumps, and I knew it was coming. And I've seen this movie probably three times now, and you know it's coming, and it's it's oh, it's so creepy. And that's what I love about it. They, there are no frills. There's, it's one of the lowest budget horror movies um, for what it made. It's they did a great job of it. Well, and I think again, I guess we could jump into the end. But the fact that it ends right there, it has to end there. But I think that right. some people that didn't like it, like you know, it was just too abrupt. But you got to know going in that there's only one way it can end, and so if you had something somehow after that, it just, that would, that would probably ruin it. And so you just have to accept that. That's it. That's well, it right there. The whole idea that it's found footage. So it, <clears throat> right. There is no more footage come out and, and go, here's the stuff and, you know, put it out there for a movie. No, it's, <laughs> they're not coming out. Like it's found footage. So yeah, I, I just really enjoyed how they, how they made the whole thing work. The Blair Witch is not going to be like taking a selfie with the video or anything. And <laughs> right. well, if they made it today, that probably would be what would happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do a little TikTok. <laughs> okay, uh, Pete, now we've all shared our initial. Well, what I was doing, I, I hearken back to our <laughs> usual suspects episode where we discussed uh, when you're watching a suspense movie. Would you watch it again, or is it as as good the second time around? Now, when you yes. talk about like usual suspects, 
I think because there is so much detail that you can go back and pick up on that you're like, okay, now that I know the ending, I can go back and pick up on the clues. And it might actually be better the second time around. This one, however, when I saw it the second time, because I do remember how it how this one ended. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, you, you could have possibly just been going in blind here. <laughs> But uh, uh, but it just didn't have the same effect for me. You know, I still enjoyed watching it, but it was, I was not like uh, scared the second time around. Maybe it was because of the environment that I was watching it in, which was on a plane. Uh, but uh, um, I don't know. It just didn't have the same effect. I guess there were a couple of clues that I picked up on watching it the second time around, because at the very beginning, where the guy talks in the video when they're going around interviewing people, he talks about that he has you standing in a corner that, uh, or that, mm -hmm. uh, well, the, the Blair Wish, I, I should say, she, if that's what she is, you know, uh, she has them standing in a corner because, uh, what was it that she couldn't bear to have them watch or something like that? Yeah. And yeah, and so the so, guy, the guy <clears throat> that came down from the mountain, so he was supposedly possessed by the Blair Witch. He was killing the kids, and he would take two at a time and put one in the corner and yes. kill the other one so that one wasn't watching him do it. So, And yeah. and that's how it was. That, uh, you didn't think about that the first time around. It was just because they were interviewing people so quickly, and there's just a lot of different information kind of coming at you. You're just mm -hmm. trying to pick up on what this is. And so by the end of the movie... Uh, at least the first time I, I watched it, I don't think that I remembered that line from the beginning of the movie. Then you watch it again, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's how it ends. I feel, you know? like, I feel like I, I was remember. prepared for it, but I think that's just because I know. I think back then, you're right, I probably was more of a surprise to see him there. Or maybe you remembered it, but like, you know, now yeah, it's right. like, okay, I know it's coming, but... Well, right. I mean, that's the, now it all the first sense. time I watched it is you're not you're not sitting there going, she's going to come downstairs and he's going to be standing in the corner. It's when you see it, you remember that line yep. from earlier in the movie and, you, and yes. it hits you so hard. And you're like, oh, shit, if he's standing in the corner looking at the corner, what's going to happen? And then, boom, like she just gets nailed. All right. How many of you thought he was just taking a piss? <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Pete. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just taking a piss in the corner. Turns around and picks up the camera. Oh, what's hey, this? <laughs> That's how the movie could have not ended then. Could have had more. That would have been yeah. something in like one of the scary movies, right? You would they would have came downstairs. Like that. That's they true. They could have they could have added that in. That would have been good. Right. So I That's I agree with pretty much everything, Pete. For me, I had listened to a podcast on this like three months ago or so. And I'm like, yeah, I should watch that again. I want to see that again. And so I just watched this again, like three months ago, two months ago. And it was okay. Like I got, it was fine. Cause I hadn't seen it in probably 20 years. And so I, it wasn't very scary. And I was just watching it at my house by myself, but it was okay. But then you picked it again. And so I had to watch it again. And I'll tell you what, watching it for the third time shortly after that, I just couldn't get through it quick enough. It was, it was, I was annoyed from beginning to end because once you see it that many times, it's just like, this is not entertaining. And I, and there's nothing suspenseful about it anymore. Nothing at all. Right. That last time, at that. least there had been, you know, that like 20 year gap. So um, I had a pretty bad experience this, this time watching it. Cause I just, I just couldn't handle it anymore. 
I thought they were such spazzes. There was so much screaming, and it just didn't seem like the characters were far enough into it to be screaming as much as they were at the beginning. They were just kind of over the top. Um, and there was just so many things they did that were annoying. So I actually started fast forwarding towards the end because I just <laughs> I couldn't take it anymore. So, but that's just because oh. I happened to watch it recently. That time right. I had I had an experience very much like yours, where it was it was fine, but I would suggest Pete don't watch it again soon because I don't think you'll <laughs> enjoy right. it. I'll wait and I'll wait twenty years. Yep, and then I'll watch it again. <laughs> All right, noted. Sorry. Yep. So one one of the things that you know, of course, is is great in this movie, and to me, it it um, followed a similar line to a lot of other horror movies in that um, you have a group of people, and if they would stick together and keep their wits about them, they'll probably be okay. But you see, as um, as things go along, they get lost in the woods. Uh, Mike pitches the map. They start turning on each other. And right. that's a, a, a hallmark of all horror movies is where now the evil can divide and conquer. And that's where you start to see things, you know, fall apart because um, uh, not Mike. Who's the other guy? Josh. Uh, Josh. Josh, of course, gets taken in the middle of the night so now you're down to mm-hmm. two and you know and then you get the frantic you know at the end and every you know they i mean they're so freaked out and scared by the time they hit that house that obviously they're not thinking correctly um so i thought that was that was nice that they they followed that same formula <clears throat> and then another thing i think that really works well in this movie is that again a lot of horror movies, they tap into uh, a primal fear, and this one used the dark and the woods. Yes. If you've ever been in the woods at night, the biggest fear, the biggest fear of being alone in the woods is that you're not alone in the woods. Yep. I mean, so it, it taps in, into that primal <laughs> that primal fear and that's what what also draws you in so i think keeping with the formula and then having that common fear that so many people can relate to um and that really that's the thing that even though i didn't enjoy it at all this time as i was watching some of those night scenes i was kind of trying to think back and like God, why was this so good but but then i remembered like you're in a dark movie theater and you're surrounded by all these people yet and I don't know why that makes it any different, but because you don't you don't know any of them. And but to be, it's just dark. There's no soundtrack to this movie, so it's just the sounds that you hear that they're hearing, and that's it. And it just it created that just huge tension because at that time you had no idea what was going on. And mm-hmm. so I was thinking back to the experience in the theater, and it was just again you just could not replicate that. And so what I was annoyed by this time and wanted to fast forward through, I could remember back the first time, like, wow, that was really something. And it was amazing how they could just pull that off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did find, unless you have a little bit more to add there, Gifford, I did find some fun facts about how the movie was made and how they yes. like how they went about doing it. Um, basically, the movie, there was an outline to the movie, but it was basically unscripted. And then what they did was... Uh, the directors gave each of the actors 
a little canister. It was a, a, an old film canister that had uh, the dialogue for their character in it. So they would go around kind of like if you go geocaching or, or finding these little cans in the woods, it would have your name on it. And this is your lines. You open it up or not, not, not even your lines. It would just be, here's your storyline that you got to follow now. And nobody else would know what it is. So that's why all the reactions were natural. And it would be, oh. you know, like, for example, okay, you got to tell her that you, you had the, you kicked the map in the river or something like that. And then her reaction has to be natural. Um, mm. And so that's how, um, again, that's how it came across to be so, so natural as opposed to having it with a normal script like any other movie would. Another and like uh, another thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go we're ahead. If you have a comment, I, I thought you were you're probably getting to it. But like the sounds at night and the stick and the stuff that was all like surprising to them too, right? Or like they didn't know what right. was coming. Right. Exactly. They didn't know what to expect. And then um, uh, the actual tooth that they found. Well, no. Let me back up. Uh, it was what's his name, Josh? Right. They got the got taken. Who, yeah, he's the one who disappeared at the end. Yeah. And in the in the canister, in his canister, it was um, all he found was a note that said, you're done. It's time for you to go home. And in the middle of the night, when everybody else is asleep, you have to sneak out of the tent. And if anybody does wake up, just tell them that you're going out to take a piss and then you're not coming back. And so then he got he got to be done early and um they took him to Denny's for breakfast and, uh, and that was it. So that was like his first full meal in like eight days. The other ones are, I mean, because that's how they did it too. They actually had them starving. They didn't give them much food and, uh, and water and that kind of stuff. So it actually did start to wear on them after, after that many days, just being out in the woods. The other thing that I found was that um, when they're auditioning uh, for actors, they just they wanted ad lib actors, people that could, you know, just make it up on the fly. And so when they brought these actors in, they just asked them one question and they said, OK, you're in prison for murder. Your sentence is 20 years and you've been in prison for 10 years. You need to convince me why you should be eligible for for parole. OK, and then um, the, the ones that had the best ad libs were the best. Now, the actress that played Heather, which, of course, her name was Heather. She immediately, uh, without missing a beat, looked them stare in the eye and sa they said, why do you think you should be up for parole? And she immediately said, I don't think I should be up for parole. And so that, like, terrified the, the directors enough to where that's how she got the role. I think I read that one, too. Am I so. hearing a cat? Yeah, yeah, well, that was a cat feet sweat in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Adding to the spooky. effect. You don't know, you don't know what kind of spooky sound sound effects spooky that you're gonna get cat. on this show. Yes, it is a black cat, as a matter of fact. Oh, very spooky. Sorry. <laughs> so um anyway. I thought that was a that was a good little uh, a, a little tidbit there. Um, the movie was on a budget of sixty thousand dollars. Immediately after uh, showing it at Sundance, it was on a midnight screening at Sun screening at Sundance, and it immediately sold. They sold the rights uh, to Artisan for one point one million, like within two hours of it showing for the first time. Uh, so a little and it was uh, the most profitable 
movie ever made for a while, or at least for sure horror movie by far yes. because of I that found budget. A yeah, it says the forty first most profitable horror movie ever. It, I think uh, I saw that. That doesn't difference. seem to make any sense. That can't be possible. Well, what because... horror movies have made. <laughs> Unless they're referring, I guess it depends on what gets defined. Like, I guess if you throw the right. Silence of the Lambs and things like that, that are more, you know, the, the thrillers, I don't know, but that's well, the paranormal, the paranormal activities movies, they don't have very big budgets either. And they had a wider release and a bigger release. And, I don't um, know. It still made like 200 some yeah. million dollars, right? I mean, that's just maybe in the first know, week or something or 248 million um at the box office so i mean it's it's hugely profitable there's no doubt about that um one of the fun little facts that uh, i liked that i found was that heather's real mom received sympathy cards from people that believed that her daughter was either missing oh or yeah that I was mean, part how of freaky it. yep I, I came is. across that too. They actually kept the actors out of the public eye. Like mm -hmm. they had to stay home uh, yeah. for like well, a month or whatever. Right. It's brilliant. It's just, I mean, the movie is well done for what they're doing, but there's so much outside of the movie itself that was just brilliant. And, and really it was a, a fact of great timing too, when they made it, which we get into at the end or I'm not sure, but cause you couldn't make that movie today. There's you mm -hmm. could never, it no. would never get done. No. When you say because timing, you had the internet, but it was still pretty early on. People didn't have cell phones, and so you could get all these stories out there, and people could find them and hear about them. But there was time in between, and there was no social media. Nothing could come out and ruin yeah. it. And so, right because of the timing of when they made this movie, it was just and whether they did it on purpose because they knew it would work that way, or it was just all kind of, you know, luck of the draw. It was just the perfect timing. It was the perfect timing to throw this movie together, and um, and they could do all that marketing and all that storytelling, and be effective with it. Speaking of timing, the last day of filming, or the filming ended for this movie on Halloween night. So that really? was a that was a little extra tidbit where the actors, when they finally were done after all all this, like eight straight days of literally being terrified. They said it was very surreal uh, coming in and they seeing everybody in costumes everybody, and yeah. and all the whole Halloween thing. They they almost couldn't take it. So, so. Brad, you talked about the the marketing on that. Um, the film's official website launched in June of '98. Oh yeah, like way ahead. And they and they had on there they had fake missing posts like police. Yep. posters I've saying these people are missing and so they they started marketing this you know before well before it came out you know a year before with you know with the online presence and like you say i mean the internet was you know still relatively fresh no social media so you know it, it kind of came in in bits and drabs and i don't you know word of mouth i think kind of spread as well and that's why a lot of people kind of bought into the whole idea that it well, and the kind of like social true. media that there would have been like because there were chat rooms and stuff right that's probably even better because that's where underground people could really tell stories and they could kind of spread and just organically grow that way where people have no idea if it's true or not and mm -hmm. you know unlike i mean again with cell phones and the it just everything would change from there so mm-hmm 
right? Well, even even the quality of the video. I mean, if if it were today, these three kids would all have cell phones, and just their iPhones would be much better quality, and I think it wouldn't have made for as good of a movie. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you might have had cell service and a and a map app that would get you out of there. Well, okay. right, yeah, they're not going to get stuck in the woods. Yes, right. Or they, well, they could have wrote there. in that they're. They could have wrote into the script that their their you know batteries died something uh, I don't know right would, but it's still they have to work around it. Let's say that with, I think that with a lot of shows. I mean, Jennifer Aniston said Friends wouldn't be any good if it came out today because everyone would just be on their on their phones and half of the dilemmas that the shows were revolved around. I mean, they could be solved with with iPhones today. So with quick, yeah, with a quick text or call. Just like right. I could have I called Dave and said, hey, man, you don't need to come down here anymore. I got the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, you had to sit at McDonald's for an hour? Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Got, uh, got anything else on this? Um, I don't think so. I think that uh, that pretty much takes care of us for, for this movie. Um, I just want to... All in all. You yeah. want to go like a final thought? Because I just wanted to say like, I mean, before I kind of said it, but I came off like maybe I did not like the movie tonight because I hated my third viewing of it. But every viewing was different. And this was a one of a kind experience that you just could never replicate. And it was awesome at the time. And I loved it. And not being a horror guy, it was cool to have something that I like could get into. Um, but it just unlike like you said, Pete, this movie does not hold up to repeat viewings. Maybe one, maybe one repeat. But you better stop after that because it's just it's pretty terrible after that. So, but but uh. that that was almost what I was gonna. Sorry if you if I cut you no, off. No, go ahead. There, but, you wrap it up. There. But uh, that's very similar to what I was going to say. Is that it is a great movie. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Yep. In that it absolutely it pulled you in and terrified you. Uh, but but you know it just like I said, when you know what's going to happen, that takes all the suspense out, which is what the movie is entirely built around, but it's a great movie. Gifford, any, uh, any final thoughts? No, I think I, I got everything in that I wanted to. I, I enjoyed watching it uh, this time again, because it's been a while since I watched it. And again, that, that last scene with uh, him standing in the corner, it got me again, just as much as it did the first time, even though I knew it was coming. Yep, so, it's a great image. Right. They got that image in there too. I mean, they just, right. you know, a lot of them have like a big scene or something, and this this has got it all. So, yep. All right, <laughs> hey, get, hey, Gifford, what are we doing? What yes. are we going to talk about next week? Next week, we are going to get into the original slasher movie, 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that so, is right. something. It, it is. <laughs> It uh, yeah, it definitely is something. Another another movie with a uh, uh, a surprise ending that just cuts out, cuts off. But we'll get into that. But we're gonna get in. What else are we gonna talk about, Gift? Because that might be of interest. Just oh, to our listeners. general other topic that goes with it. So the other topic that we are gonna delve into is um, I'm gonna put forth some different horror genres. And we are going to discuss them and talk about which ones are our favorite and which ones are our least favorites. I so think that's that will a great be idea. 
that will be uh, something to check into. And, um, yeah, that'll be a lot of fun, I think. I'm All right. To it. I am, too. Hey, Brad, what should our listeners do? Well, they should go on uh, – what you say there? If they're on social media, for example. Well, they should follow us on Twitter and Facebook. They should interact with us on those sites. And they should rate and review us on wherever you can, specifically Apple iTunes being the most common one that we have. Did you say we're getting into TikTok now, too? <laughs> uh, that might be a little down the road yet. Oh, not, not there yet. Okay. <laughs> but uh, it is on the horizon as a potential something. Awesome. Oh, little te- little teaser. That's what we need is All a visual right. medium. all right well uh thanks everybody for listening we'll uh let you go with a little preacher row all right adios Yeah.